welcome to Joe Group, podcast about Agile Life and Monkeys. Joe, who do we have as a guest today? Oh, Jakob, we have Santiago Lopez Gianazu. Welcome, Santiago. Hi, guys. Thank you very much for having me today. Oh, thank you for uh, joining us. Um, you represent kind of a different perspective on the Agile community for us, which is, which is why we, we've asked you to join us today. You are a recruiter. I am. I am indeed. <laughs> so a lot, of, a lot of times on um, Agile podcasts, publications, anything that has to do with community, we focus very much on ourselves and our experience. But not too often do we um, talk to people who experience us in the community, in the workplace. And so uh, we've invited you here to ask you some questions, but also just to get some uh, anecdotal stories on what it's like to work with Agile coaches, helping them find jobs, um, maybe giving us some insights on how people see us, how recruiters see us, what you look for. How does that sound? Sounds amazing. Really looking forward to it. So, so yeah, I'm ready for all the, all the questions you might have, guys. Awesome. Cool. All right. Um, why don't we start... Um, from from looking at at the market and how do you think that the market or the recruiters how how do you see coaches and scrum masters applying for jobs cool um definitely it's uh the, there there's a lot of demand for for you guys out there scrum masters agile coaches i think that there are a lot of different flavors uh to to it um a lot of recruiters might think that a Scrum Master is a software developer that is running the stand-up meetings. Uh, some other people think that Agile coaches are there just to do some workshops and and uh, and some post-its. So, so I get that. I guess that. Uh, <laughs> I guess that still um, in New Zealand, it's it's uh, it's uh, maybe not super mature market for agile coaches or scrum masters uh, mm -hmm. i still see a lot of companies that they are they are having uh, one of their team members running kind of like the scrum master role but it's not a pure scrum master i i i came to new zealand in 2014 and one of the first role i was recruiting for was a scrum master and and they really wanted a pure scrum master uh, and not a project manager or a software developer that doing was doing part of the of the task of a scrum master and, and when it comes with when it comes to agile coaches it's even a little bit harder to find exactly what it is that what's the flavor that the company wants yeah. um but definitely yeah, there, there's a lot of demand uh and a lot of great opportunities uh the other day i was sharing with software developer uh, kind of the salaries that agile coaches are earning mm. and they were saying it's like why why I'm doing software development, why I'm not a, a scrum master and as a coach. So, so yeah, definitely good career opportunities. And I guess with how things are going on with COVID-19 and, and the future of work, definitely this is going to be a role that it's going to be more and more relevant. Why do you think there is such a demand for um, the role with all of the flavors intact? Um, the way I see it, and this is just my personal opinion, it's uh, trying to find a way to have people more engaged uh, in, in their work uh, and getting more clarity of what they need to do. With uh, I, I was asking this question to a software development manager, uh, and I was asking, do you see the value in having an agile coach? Uh, and he was saying, well, depends who, of course, um, but, but he was saying that definitely yes, because it can bring some 
perspective and, and there's no conflict of interest between uh, what needs to be achieved and what the hiring, uh, not the hiring manager, I'm a recruiter, I always think as managers, as hiring managers, yeah. um, like a different, like no conflict of interest between team members and managers uh, and being able to give uh, a different point of view and focusing on on things, again, without conflict of interest on, on what each of each side want. So, yeah, I, I think there is where Still, I have a lot of things to learn. As a recruiter, you will never be able to uh, to get all the all the knowledge, but but definitely I see value. And again, I, I probably see way more value nowadays with with how things are changing a lot. Um, and yeah, I, I'm trying to to support the different team members in order for them to be able to be high performer um, team members and 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 not just checking the KPIs and that's it. Yeah. So thinking thinking beyond the, the base expectations. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting because um, it, it kind of kind of good as well. It sounds like from your experience, or at least that that example is it sounds like there's a it, there's kind of a value placed on agile coaches or scrum masters sort of in the culture department of an org. Mm, um, yeah. You know, helping Definitely. different parts of the org communicate better, um, get more meaning out of their um, their interactions and maybe even more initiative uh, in their area of expertise? I think that you just said a word that it's very important, it's culture. Um, like we can have a whole new, a whole podcast talking about culture, but like, again, what it means culture for, for different companies. And I think that the Agile Coach and Scrum Master can be uh, a team member that can contribute a lot to, to identify what's the culture and again, having uh, their own point of view and, and not having conflict of interest, they can they can support to be to have a more positive and 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 more objective uh, culture and, and way of doing things more than own interests because we're all human beings and at the end of the day in a team everyone has their own interest and and how you how you bring people together in order to work together. Santiago, so with, with all these different flavors that are there on the market and every company wants different flavor, if I'm an agile coach and I want to get to a company, all I can see is, is that and, and maybe I know someone in a company so I can talk to someone maybe, but with, with this limited information, how do I know what flavor does the company want and how, how do I know if I'm a good fit and how do I position myself? uh talking to people at the end of the day the only way you're gonna get to know if that's the right place for you or not if that's the right flavor for you if you are the right flavor for them it's it's talking to people talking to uh different team members of 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 that company that you're intrigued or that you would want to know more about um connecting with with people on on linkedin now i think nowadays linkedin it's a platform that allows you a lot of things not just looking for a job but being able to learn about what's going on in the market you are uh but i will take it to the basics and it's having communications with uh other coaches in that organization or to the people that it's running the uh, the teams of the coaches of that organizations and and really getting to know really getting to know what it is that they're doing, what are the challenges and 
And uh, I know that we were talking about this earlier today, but if, if, if a recruiter calls you to ask you if you would want to consider an opportunity with that company, definitely give it a go. Uh, indeed, the best way to do it is to talk to the people that it's hiring uh, to, to see what they're after. How often do you see that um, somebody interprets a CV different than what the opportunity actually is? I think that 98% of the times um, the CV doesn't talk to the job application. Um, and I believe that this happens because a lot of different reasons. But if I have to choose two reasons, it's one, most of the people don't know how to write a CV. Um, if you think about all the, uh, all, all the time that companies are pitching to win work, uh, and they will they will put together an RFP or, or they will have a team of uh, bid writers uh, trying to win that opportunity. And in this case, it's exactly the same. You are just trying to win that opportunity to do the work. Uh, and most of people, it's not trying to do that. They, they don't know how to uh, attack uh, that, the, that, that opportunity of writing a CV. That's one thing. And the other thing is that most of the time, the job description or the job advert uh, it's not clear uh, because in one part they say what the role it's going to be responsible for, uh, what are going to be their accountabilities, uh, what's going to be the day-to-day, -day, and then they describe what they're looking for in the person. Uh, so most of the people, when they apply, they talk about what the job ad says that they're looking in the person, but usually when the company is interviewing, they focus more on what are the responsibilities and... Um, responsibilities that the, that person will have in the role. So it's kind of like miscommunication uh, between what the company says that they want, need, with what they say in, in, in the job ad. So I think it's a little bit of both. Um, companies not putting very clear what it is that they want, need. Um, people that they just don't, who are not teach how to, uh, how to write their CVs and, and, and how to make an impact in, in, in their CV. In the past, it was, you went to X university, you work at X company, ah, this is a good candidate. Nowadays, and in, in technology even more, it's like that. that's not enough. And also it's so easy to get information of professionals out there, that competition it's way more than even a few years ago. So, so you really have to make a difference. And, and, and that's why creating a podcast as you guys do or being um, creating content on LinkedIn or having online presence, it's a way for, for you to differentiate yourself uh, and not just be a CV. But the CV at the end of the day, of course, it's very important because they will always ask for it until now, at least. So, so wait, Santiago, I just heard that we should prepare different CV for different job opportunity. Is that it? Absolutely. It might have a slightly different things, uh, but still it has to be specific for each job opportunity. Uh, and the reason why I'm saying this is because um, most of the time the recruiter, the hiring manager, whoever who is reading the CV will read the first half of the page to see if they find the information that they want. Yeah. And as soon as we are human beings, 
So we, we lie to ourselves. We, we are biased. And as soon as I read something I liked in the first half of the CV, when I keep reading, it's not that I will just keep reading the CV, but I will also try to convince myself why that person is the right person for the job. But if I read the first half of the page and it's not convincing to me for me to keep reading, first thing that can happen is that I stop reading and I move next to the next CV. And once I did that, that's it. You don't, you don't come back. But if I still decide to go forward and, and keep reading the CV, probably what I want to do is try to find other things why this candidate is not right for the job. Yeah instead of being objective and, 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 and really reading, it's like, okay, is really this person good for this role or not? People will start reading, it's like, ah, he's working for this company. This company is usually doesn't have good candidates, good agile coaches. Uh, or um, like I, there are so many different reasons why people make judgments on, on CVs and they decide not to keep moving forward or not instead of doing a proper recruitment process. But that's, that's what it is. That's so funny. I, I think there are two things for me that um, improved my CV game. Uh, one was uh, was actually taking part in a hiring process. Um, and so being the person who had to go through all the CVs and cover letters to, to then create a smaller list, because you, you have a finite amount of time for interviews, because you're also exactly. doing a job typically at the same time. So um, you, you, have to, you have to create some sort of filter to, to find the ones that stand out. Um, and so there's almost like this moment where you accept that you're going to miss good opportunities based on whatever filter that you create. You're like, I know, and it's unfortunate, but we have to base it on what we have in front of us, not on the potential that every single person that gives us. So that exactly. was an eye opener for me. And then the other bit was that the CV was not made, the CV will not get me a job. The CV will get me an interview. And, exactly. Um, and, and those two things have changed the way that I approach CVing. <laughs> or, or for any Americans listening, that's your resume. Um, <laughs> and, and just to be more specific, the market that we're talking about, and we sort of mentioned it is New Zealand, but specifically it's Auckland. Is that right? Or do yeah. you also look after Wellington or any other areas? I think New Zealand is pretty much the same uh, in, in the whole country. Um, at the end of the day, uh, and, and I feel like that's just asking for a debate on, on mine, but yeah, go ahead. No, 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 but it's interesting what you said about uh, any other, like if it's a resume, any American, any American listening to us, it's, I, I think that the main thing at the end of the day, regardless if it's one page or two or three pages is, or, or whatever, is what people usually don't focus on. It's how they add value. Uh, it's like in my CV or in my resume, how I'm going to show that I will add value to the team and to the company yeah. instead of listing what, were, what are your qualifications, what was the university or what company did you work for or what in, in this case, like, okay, what, like you have an agile core certification or a scrum master. Um, because that's a lot of question that a lot of people ask me. Uh, it's like, I, it, it, it makes sense for me to do a, a certification. Uh, I have the experience, but I don't have any certification. And in this market in New Zealand, certifications might not be a thing. And maybe if you go to, to the United States of America, maybe then there definitely it is a thing. But at the end of the day, what you need to show it's how you're going to be able to add value. Because as you said, the, in, the CV or resume, it's in order for you to get a, a, an interview. Um, in order to get an interview, you have to prove them in advance that you are going to be able to add them value. And that's how people usually don't think of it. 
people think is like I will list where I did, where what are all my work experiences. I will list all my certifications. Uh, I will list um, whatever it is, like my skills. Uh, but they don't focus in using the CV or resume to show what's your value proposition. Uh, and as an agile coach, uh, you might be working way more as a contractor or as an independent consultant. So you really need to think if you want to win that work, how you're going to add value. What's the, what's the outcome that you will bring in the teams in order for you to get that job? Um, and I think that that's something that it's changing quite a lot as well. When companies are hiring, it's not just anymore for you to be an employee and do uh, this X amount of tasks, but how it is that you're going to bring value. I think one, one thing that you touched on a bit before was how um, it is good to just go to an interview or, you know, if a recruiter approach approaches you, we should accept that and try try and go to an interview. And it it triggered a thought in my head about how could we use an interview as a candidate? How can I how can I use an interview to learn more about the company? Often what happens is that we are we go for an hour, fifty-five minutes is spent on them asking me questions, and then at the end I can see it's five minutes left and they ask me, Do you have any questions? <laughs> Yeah, you, exactly. yeah not enough. the interview goes both ways, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. definitely. Definitely. And I think that's, again, how you approach, um, how the approach, how you approach the meeting. If you're applying online to a job ad on Seek or TradeMe or LinkedIn, or if you apply online to their careers website, probably you will start the conversation by being, it's like, ah, oh, this is a person that wants to work for us. So because they want to work for us, I'm going to do all the questions and they assume that you already want to work for them. So yeah. they don't necessarily give you the opportunity to, to ask all the questions. But if you get an opportunity to interview for that role in another way where they are calling you to go to the interview or when a recruiter is getting in touch with you to go to that interview, then your position is completely different because it's, okay, I want to know what's going on with this, this, this and this. And then, even if it's a recruiter presenting that candidate, you, you, usually what I do is I tell the, the, the hiring manager, this person is not actively looking for a job. This person is happy where he or she is working. So it's interesting to get to know more about the role. And it's not a candidate that is already formally applying for the recruitment process. Um, so that's a way in order for you to go there and ask the questions you have. Uh, and figure out if it's going to be a good job opportunity for not, for, for, for that person or, or, or not. Um, and that's also how, you, how well prepared you are for the meeting, uh, that they will realize very quickly if you're a candidate that is going there just to answer questions or if you are going there as a colleague and you're getting to know each other and see if you're going to be able to work together and achieve what it's needed and, and if it's going to be good for both sides and not only for one side. So, so again, it, it, it depends a lot of different things that, we, that you will get that opportunity or not. The, the, the more prepared you are, the more online presence you have, uh, the more you know what exactly it is what you want because that's another thing. A lot of people go to interviews and, and they get in the position to be 
answering questions because they don't really know what they want. Uh, so, so they just go there to see if, if, if they are going to hire them. Uh, but, but they, they don't know if they don't know even what questions to ask, you know, to, to find out if that's going to be a good job for them or not. Can you think of anything? Um, I'm looking for a little bit of humor, I guess, is <laughs> like any best TV or interview fails or any cover letter fails that have been, you know, best intention, but just something didn't go right in the most funny way. Um, yes, no, definitely. I can, I, <laughs> the, the, the most funny thing for me, and I can say for a lot of recruiters, it's when you have candidates that they're applying to three or four different roles uh, at the same time. Uh, with a gap of, I don't know, one or two days. They, they apply to a Scrum Master role, then they apply for the Agile Coach role, then they apply for a Project Manager role, and then they apply for a Software Developer role. Wow. It's like, my, 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 my first thought is like, whoa, this guy, it's amazing. Uh, she or he, it's amazing. Or she or he, it's a liar. Or, 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 or they just know, really need work and they're willing to have any label possible. To, to exactly. Uh, <laughs> and that's something that usually... Uh, uh, it's uh, recruiters will kind of think take this kind of like as a joke a lot of times because like wow what's going on here um, and the other funny thing is um, and it's funny and it's not funny because at the end of the day it's like these guys are not going to be able to get the opportunities they want uh, but I had this person she she sent me her CV and even though she was looking for roles that were more into management, her CV talked about her as a technical specialist. Mm -hmm. um, so, and there is where I say that people don't really take the time to figure out how someone else will read their CV. So it's like, oh, Santiago, yeah, this is what I want to do. Yeah. I want to move into a more management role. Uh, and the funny thing here is like, so did you read your CV? Because your CV doesn't say that. Your CV that it says that you're a specialist, that you're a technician, that you are uh, focused in everything that you don't want to do. Uh, and that's the funny thing. It's like uh, the CV tells all the things that you are good at, uh, but you don't want to do. Uh, so again, they, they don't take the time to, again, I think nobody likes to work on their CV. Uh, and because of that, then they, like, I can, uh, I remember once back, like in my first year of experience as a recruiter, I came across the CV uh, and, uh, and we had to uh, download the CV and then, I don't know, we were wasting our time like this, but we had to kind of copy paste all the information from the CV in, in the system of the company. Um, and when I was opening the CV, the, the picture this person had was like, you could see only their, their face, her face. But it, then it was like she used this picture of a summer holiday that she was on a bikini. <laughs> so all of a sudden, when, when I clicked the picture to, to, to download the picture in the system, it was not just her face. It was like her whole body. So we have to call her and, and say, it's like, hey, well, you might want to know that the picture that you're using for your CV, when you use it in the CV, it's fine. But if I click to download the, the picture, then then... <laughs> It's, it's, we can see more, more than a head and shoulder shot. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was a little bit funny. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that the funny thing about the CVs is that people don't 
people usually think that it's like, oh, I have to do it, but doesn't make that it's not serious. It's not a serious thing. It's, it's something that's like, ah, yeah, because a lot of people say it's like, ah, just give me the opportunity to have a meeting with you. And, and then I will show you that, that I'm the right person for the job. It's like, well, start by your CV. Yeah. Uh, but people think yeah. that the CV is just uh, something you need to do to, to apply formally and, and nobody takes, uh, nobody take it seriously, but it's all the opposite. And if you are not willing to do your podcast, if you are not willing to do your content creation on LinkedIn or commencing on posting, then it's even more relevant. Mm -hmm. Because if you are very good and everyone knows who you are, uh, if you are an agile coach and everyone knows that you're the best agile coach in town, then you might not need a CV or a good CV. But if mm -hmm. nobody knows who you are, then you need an amazing CV. <laughs> Wouldn't that be it? All you have is a signature on the page. That's yes, what yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that's not what, yeah, that's usually it's not what it happens. It's Maybe like, that's a good way to uh, measure your career is, is how little you can put on the CV and submit yeah. the job. <laughs> Definitely. 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 I also, uh, I also remembered uh, a story of my friend who we were just finishing our university and he started looking for a job. And I think he sent, you know, 10, 15 CVs to different organizations and no one was calling back. No one, zero callbacks. And after about two months, he realized that he put wrong phone number on his <laughs> <laughs> And the mystery was solved. That happens. Well, I, I find CVs that they that you can just you just can't find the, the phone number. It's so hard to find the phone number in the CV. It's like hidden in some place in the fifth page. Uh, it's like make it easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, make it easy. It's like with all this digital marketing and, and so like all these different things with uh, SEO and those kind of things. It's like people should think about the CV with SEO. Yeah. I think I have one last question, if you don't mind. Yep. Um, yep. I think there is a lot of people who want to get into the Scrum Master or Agile Coach role. A lot of people are just looking, how can I get into this, um, into this domain? And they often, they don't have much experience. Um, they often, they go take certification, they, they take some courses, they learn and they, they, you know, they have the hunger for learning but they don't have the experience. So it's very hard for them to find a job. Do you, do you have any advice for people like this? Uh, I'm gonna use the advice you gave me a couple of months ago when, <laughs> when we did, uh, nah, I think that this applies to everyone, whatever, whatever the role it is that you are wanting to do, uh, you have to find, you have to do it in some way, in some capacity. If, if again, if you're a tester, and you're working in your company and you want to become a scrum master or you want to become an agile coach, well, just start doing the job or, or start uh, asking uh, your manager to, to take responsibilities at the same time that you're doing your job as a tester incredibly well because nobody wants you to jump into a new job and not do the job that they're paying for uh, correctly. Uh, or, or being like find a way where you can gain those skills uh if it's outside of work if it's on a side project if it's on a startup that they don't have the the they don't have the capacity to to hire a scrum master but they they would 
they could benefit from having a scrum master. You, you really need to be very creative uh, when it comes to gain skills where you can gain those skills in your current job. Uh, but again, if you, if you really like nothing, it's easy at the end of the day. Um, so I think that that's the first thing that you need to accept uh, if you want to move into a new career, into a new job. Uh, it's not going to be easy. You'll have to do a lot of hard work um, and you will have to be very creative in, in how you can find a way to do it because a lot of times I talk to candidates and they tell me, they, they find all the reasons why they can't do it instead of trying to find a way to do it. So my first advice is it's not going to be easy. It will require a lot of work. Uh, even if it's outside from work and doesn't matter if you have kids or if you have a wife and you have a busy life. Well, I do have it as well. And I try to find the time to, to do what I want to do. So that, that, that would be the main advice because then you can, you can, you can try a lot of different things. Uh, and there are a lot of different variables uh, that might apply to one person and to the other. So, so it's coming very clear why you want to do it. Uh, and then talking to people, a lot of people will be happy to help uh, when it comes to to do something new, when it's about a new journey and you are serious about it. A lot of people will try to help you. So so I guess that it's being transparent and honest to yourself and understand why you want to do it and give it a go. That would be my advice, I guess. Nice. Cool. Thank you so much, Santiago. I think there was a lot of good insights. No worries. Thanks. Hey, what's the best way for people to contact you? They can contact me definitely on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, if you guys then you want to share my LinkedIn profile, that would be the best. Uh, my name and well, my name, it might not be too hard, but my last name, it might be a little bit hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We'll if put people, a link in the description. Yeah, LinkedIn, definitely it's the, the best way to, to, to approach me because, yeah, I probably spend more time on LinkedIn than on my inbox. Um, so, yeah, LinkedIn. Thank you very yes. much. No worries. Yes, and thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you next time. See you all. Cool. Thank you very uh, much for having me, guys. Cheers.